are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we are brought to you today by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Today is Friday, October 8th, 2021. Happy weekend. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's cpat one one. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that. On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're wrapping up our season awards for the 2021 Mariners. Going to talk hitter of the year and pitcher of the year. Should be a fun one. Also going to talk more about Jerry DePoto's comments in his end of season press conference yesterday. If you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. Colby, this offense, uh, it was able to do enough for the most part, at least in 90 games to win 90 games. And uh, but overall, it was uh, not not super great. Uh, only few, you know, pretty consistent hitters in this lineup. The rest you were just banking on one or two to, to pop every now and then. Uh, but let's talk hitter of the year. Uh, who do you have as the best hitter on the S- Seattle Mariners for the 2021 season? Uh, Ty France. Next topic. Yes. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it, it really is that cut and dry. It really. Uh, yeah, it's pretty simple, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like I know we're supposed to have like, you know, we're supposed to talk over the candidates and we're supposed to like maybe tease some other like, oh, I'm thinking of somebody like I'm going to surprise you with this pick, but that would be stupid and a waste <laughs> of everybody's time. It's Ty France. Ty France is the best hitter. Yeah. Aside from the month of May where he was playing on like a half fractured wrist. The dude was incredible. Yeah. I, I think he hit like 280 every other month, at least like September was his worst mm-hmm. month. And he was still hitting like 280 with a 340 on base. <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here? It's easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's very easy. Uh, I mean, the guy this year, 291, 368, 445, 18 home runs, 73 RBI. He was a three and a half one player by Fangraph standards, 129 WRC plus. I saw a tweet earlier. I'm, I'm going to try to bring this up now that I'm thinking about it. I got it. a list right here for you. Ty All France right. had a higher WRC plus than Randy Rosarena, JD Martinez, Jared Walsh, Salvador Perez, Jose Abreu, Josh Donaldson, Chris Bryant. Uh, Nelson Cruz, Michael Brantley, Manny Machado, Bo Bichette, Yohan Mankata, Tim Anderson, uh, pretty much everybody who would uh, who would uh, shock uh, people. Yeah. And by the way, his WRC plus was one percent lower than Xander Bogarts and Jose Altuve, and only two percent lower than Marcus Simeon. So that's uh, that's incredible, man. <laughs> that that's a list right there. That's a list. Um, and I mean, he was only two. He was two points off of uh, Mookie Betts as well. Yeah, like that's uh, Ty France is a very good baseball player. Surprise, surprise. Um, and he added some defense on top of that at first base. 
I, I mean, the guy is just all around very valuable for you right now. And uh, yeah, you know, he didn't exactly get to that 300 benchmark, um, got to 291. Um, but this is a guy that I think is only getting started. I think you're going to see him hit over 300 quite a few times in his career. Maybe even compete for a batting title at one point. Um, the guy is just that good at hitting. And honestly, if he didn't get hurt, he may have competed for that batting title this year with how low mm-hmm. you know batting averages were in general. Uh, he was just downright awesome this year. Yeah, I think you're also going to see his home run total go up. He had 18 this year. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's more of a, a hitter than he is a you know a, a hulking Luke Voigt type of 35 home run first baseman. He's more of a you know use the whole field doubles that type of guy. But I still think there's I think he's going to have a year or two where he hits 30. Um, and you saw mm-hmm. him you know go into these little runs where he was sitting for a lot of power. But um, I don't think he's ever going to sacrifice uh, you know his his contact and his his you know line drive approach to hit more home runs. Uh, but sorry, I still think if we go through the league or after he goes through the league again, uh, he's going to be able to hit, uh, you know, 25, 30 home runs on a, on a fairly regular basis. Mm. But, uh, yeah, there's more power to come. And you you talk about the batting title, you know, Yuli Gurriel won it this year in the American league with a 319 batting average. So yeah, a healthy tie France all year. Doesn't have that awful may. He's probably pretty darn close to that mark. He's on a nice little upward trend here. And, um, you know, the the thing is, too, he had all this production without really being in a, in a favorable position in the lineup for most of the year as well. When that doesn't really, you know, that didn't really take advantage of his biggest strengths. It pushed him down the lineup. He got, you know, the fourth most at bats on, on the team for the most part, you know, in, in, in terms of uh, lineup construction. Uh, let's see how it all played out in terms of uh, in terms of the numbers, real quick. I'm going to pull those up right now um, in terms of plate appearances. Ty France, yeah, was fourth among Mariners hitters in uh, in plate appearances this year. Mitch Haniger led the team, 691. JP Crawford, 687. Kyle Seager, 670. Ty France, 650. He got 37 less plate appearances than JP Crawford. There's pretty big issue with that. Yeah, it needs to. Well, it needed to change. Um, and, you know, towards the end of the year, we yeah. saw him in the two, hitting second, um, which is mm-hmm. probably where he should have been, you know, all along. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like that they're going to build a lineup around him that's going to allow him to do even more damage with the uh, with the type of uh, hitter that he is. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's Ty France. He's almost he's nine percent better than the second guy on the list who's Mitch Haniger. Um, and Mitch Haniger was 11 points higher than the guy who was third on the list in terms of WRC WRC plus. Um, so yeah, really first place is Ty France. It's not close. Second place is probably Mitch Haniger. I don't think it's close. And I mean, the real debate starts Mm -hmm. at at third place. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, by WRC plus that was Jake Fraley. I'm, I'm going to call BS to that. Um, (laughs) it's, it's, it's probably Crawford, right? JP. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be J.P. Crawford, um, and then Kyle Seager after that. You know, the thing Seager with Seager here, uh, Seager had a 99 WRC plus. Terenz had a let's see here. Where is Terenz on this? 101. Yeah. Um, um, 
Terence hit 243, think- 299, 431. Seeger hit 2, mm-hmm. 212, 285, 438. Mm. Yeah. And the, the funny thing, too, right? You know, everyone points to Kyle Seeger's home runs, the 35 home runs, all the RBI that he drove, uh, drove in. Ty France had a higher slugging percentage than Kyle Seeger this year. 445 to 438. And of course, had him uh, for 30 points of WRC plus this year as well. Ty France led the team in WRC plus. um, And, uh, you know, he only struck out 16.3% of the time. That is also the lowest strikeout rate of uh, any regular Mariners hitter in that lineup as well. And on top of that, you know, he's also, you know, walking. 7.1% 7.1% of the time. That's solid. You know, it's not fantastic, but dude gets on base. He he matched, <laughs> funny enough, he matched his on base uh, mark from 2020. Exactly. 368 in 2020 and 368 again this year. Uh, the guy is just an overall great presence at the plate. Whether, you know, he's a threat to go deep. He's a threat to put one in the gap. He's a threat to just get on base and work walks and, and you know, bring your pitch count up and just wear you out. He is uh, just, I, I, I mean, you've got to be absolutely thrilled with everything that you saw from Ty France this year. And the fact that he's only 27 years old has to be even more encouraging because, <laughs> I mean, the guy is only trending upwards. The, the guy is only figuring it out just now. He's, this was his first full season at the major league level. He had played 69 games in 2019. Nice. And uh, 43 games in 2020. And uh, this year played 152 games. And again, you mentioned the wrist injury. He only missed 10 games from that. Um, he, uh, I mean, no one had a better year than Ty France on the Seattle Mariners this year. He's, uh, he's basically Yuli Gurriel. And, mm. uh, you know that's where he is right now, and Mariner fans will tell you all about Yuri uh, Yuli Gurriel uh, and how good of a hitter he is. So uh, yeah, that that's where he's starting at. Um, and again, you know if that's all he ever is. That's a really good player. And you're in good shape. Uh, but I think there's another. I think there's another step or two that he can take, uh, particularly in the power mm-hmm. department. So I I, I would imagine. I, I don't want to say I'd be shocked if he never wins a batting title because I mean, a who cares and B there's a lot of things that go into that. Uh, but he's going to be mm-hmm. hovering around 300, uh, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. in the 280 to 300 range for the next five, six years. I have very little doubt about that. Assuming he stays healthy, which, you know, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. Off to a great start in his uh, young career right now. And uh, you know, only one way to go, but up, for him, I, I believe. So uh, we're going to continue the awards uh, at the end of the show by doing our pitcher of the year. But uh, before that, we're going to talk about Jerry DePoto's comments at his end of season press conference. First, want to remind you this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mix boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low, low numbers of 130 to 180. You only have four to Five grams of sugar and four to five grams net carbs, and all the flavors are amazing, tasty, and most importantly, healthy. 
Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We will talk about our pitcher of the year later on in the show. But right now we're going to talk Jerry Depoto's comments in his end-of-season press conference, he talked a lot about the offseason, reflected back on the 2021 team. We already talked about what he said about Kyle Seeger on uh, Mike Salk's show yesterday um, and uh, you know a little bit about what he talked about in the press conference as well. Uh, but we're going to get into some of the, like, the payroll stuff that he talked about because he, did, he was asked about payroll, and that's been a huge topic here, obviously. You know, last year... He had said that he expected to be able to spend some money, and then it turned out that you know nothing officially came out. He never confirmed nor denied this, nor would he. Uh, but um, you know, we we had heard rumblings, and it seemed pretty clear, just judging by the Mariners' actions, uh, speaking louder than words, that uh, John Stanton, the owner of the Mariners, kind of pulled the rug out from underneath Jerry and um, didn't allow him the the payroll flexibility that he thought he was going to have. And so now, you know, fans of course have been concerned uh, about that happening again this year. Of course, you know, last year we had heard that John Stanton's plan was basically, let's see how 2021 plays out. And then based on that, we'll, we'll determine whether or not to spend. Well, the Mariners just won 90 games. So you pretty much, you have no other choice, but to spend, there's no other way to sell it to this fan base, to the players, uh, then to invest further into this team and uh, asked outright about whether he was going to get a significant uptick in payroll. Uh, Jerry DePoto responded simply, yes. So, Colby, uh, I know some fans out there are a little concerned about what that can mean since he didn't specifically get into the numbers. There's been memes about like, oh, it's only $5 million or $10 million or $15 million extra. Um you and I expect that 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 number is going to be pretty higher than that. Obviously, not going to probably not going to go up all the way to the mark that they sat at when they had uh, Cano, Cruz, Seager, Iwakuma, Felix on on the books. But uh, we feel pretty confident that they're they're gonna they're gonna spend some uh, decent amount of money this offseason, right? Oh yeah, um, you know it's it seems worth clarifying. Um, I believe somebody asked. Uh, clarifying question on this. Um, they asked if you, if DePoto was going to have significantly more money than uh, this year's payroll and this year's payroll mm-hmm. ended at about 80 to 85 million when all was said and done. Uh, and Jerry said yes to that, but we have to remember that right now Seattle only has $32 million on the books guaranteed right now. So what that means is after ARB and after, you know, arbitration and paying all the minimum guys or whatever, you're, you're only at about 55 ish million dollars. So to add Mm. significant payroll to this year's payroll, which was 85 to even get back to that, they need to spend $30 million. Jerry says they're going to add significantly to that. Now we don't know what that number is, but let's assume it's at least, I mean, 30 million. Does that seem fair? You and I, for our um, our off season plan that we do every year, you and I have kind of set our set our like benchmark to 130 million. Um, that's kind of our limit. So 
I think that's probably where they they get to in terms of overall payroll uh, by the end of the off season, at most. Right. So you're looking at like roughly a hundred million, um, mm. and that's that's before you have to pay. You know, Jared Kelnick his six hundred six hundred thousand dollars, and that's before you pay Mitch Haniger his, you know, what at six million dollars, whatever he gets in arbitration. But yeah, it's it's going to be pretty significant. Um, you know, there's not there's not really a player that's going to be off limits in terms of, you know, oh well, we just we just can't afford to do that like it was in 2018. Uh, but you still have to be smart with that. You know, you can't just say, oh, I have 100 million dollars, I'm just going to go give 40 million of it to Marcus Simeon because I really want him. It's like, well, you just outpaid the market by 15 million dollars. You can overpay a little bit, but you can't just keep overpaying for guys. So you have to be careful with that. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Mariner fans react. Uh, we'll probably never know exactly how much they have to spend because Jerry's not going to come out and say it. Neither is John Stanton, and um, mm. we don't we don't really need. It's not information we need to know, and it's not information that other ball clubs need to know. Uh, so we're yeah. probably never going to know the exact number, and we don't need to. But suffice to say, uh, the Mariners are going to have lots of money to spend, um, and you know they're they're going to be able to be in the discussion for just about anybody who's interested in signing with them. My advice to, uh, to Mariners fans is to, you know, dream big, but also dream realistically. Uh, because again, this is a two way street and convincing players takes a lot, uh, to, to, you know, to sign. And, um, you know, not every player is going to want to sign with you, and that may not even have anything to do with your ball club. It might just be the location. It might just be the circumstance. Guys, you know, some guys want to just stay on the East Coast. Some guys have a you know particular set of teams that they want to play with. And obviously, you know, some of the big names like the Max Scherzers, all of the you know older veterans are probably going to want to go to a Yankees, to a Red Sox, to the Padres, to the Dodgers. And throwing exuberant amounts of money towards them to instead sign with you, it's not the smart way to go about it. You can build a great team, um, a team that is complementary to what you are you have already built, without you know getting to a specific number. Um, you know, I've I've used this example on uh, on our Patreon show that uh, you know if you if you were to sign Marcus Simeon. Or and trade for Jose Ramirez, and again, this is just really out there. But think about the the quality of player there. You're getting two, you know, MVP candidates uh, for forty three million dollars and some prospects, give or take. Uh, you know, Simeon's probably going to make like thirty million AEV on his next contract. Jose Ramirez is only due thirteen million this uh, uh, this season. Uh, so you would be trading for that. And um, I mean, look at the quality of player you're getting. And I've seen people say, well, why not just throw $40 million at Max Scherzer? Well, again, one, that doesn't even guarantee that you're going to get him. And that's not even probably what he's going to end up getting. He might push for that $45 million range that Trevor Bauer got. Um, but and two, you know, why not get two perennial MVP candidates then? an older starting pitcher who's still really, really good, but you get what I'm saying? Don't just spend money for the sake of spending money. It's just, uh, it, that's not the smart way to do business here. And uh, the Mariners, it doesn't matter how much money they spend in the end. As long as they get really good players that complement what they have already built, 
It, the rest does not matter. I know a lot of people out there, a lot of Mariners fans out there are just like, well, they need to spend money. If they don't spend money, they're cheap. Well, they're going to spend money, but they're going to spend money the way that they want to. And if they don't exactly get to 130 or 140 million or whatever it is, doesn't matter as long as they build a great team. And I feel like that's such a simple thing that doesn't even need to be explained, but has to be because of just where this fan base really is right now. Um, mindset wise with, with just to put comments and everything. Um, yeah, I've just seen some really silly takes <laughs> online about they have to spend this exact dollar figure amount or I'm going to be mad. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this team is, is, is going to be better next season um, with all the flexibility that it has, uh, with all the flexibility that Jerry DePoto has. Baseball America's ranked this farm system the best in baseball. They have so many guys that they could potentially trade from from that and still be well off in the farm and also uh and also you know have plenty of money to uh play with as well as 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 we've talked about so uh should be a fun off season like we've teased and we're going to be doing a lot of off season stuff we're going to be starting that uh next week should be a lot of fun uh but we're going to wrap up our season awards here with pitcher of the year in just a moment but real quick want to remind you this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So our season awards are coming to an end now. Thank you again for uh, making us your first listen of the day every day and following us as we do these season awards. If you have missed an episode or missed some of the season awards that that we've done we won't spoil those for you uh go back and uh, check out the last few episodes from this week if you missed any uh to hear our picks for those we did surprise player of the year we did rookie of the year we did defender of the year we did play of the year game of the year uh reliever of the year a lot of fun discussions on that so go check that out on locked on mariners wherever you get your podcasts so let's talk about pitcher of the year. Uh, obviously, this is going to be a starting pitcher, and there's uh, there's a few options that we could uh, we could talk about. I think the answer is ultimately pretty clear, just as it was with Ty France. But um, you know, we have Marco Gonzalez who who turned things around in the second half. We have Tyler Anderson who came over and was very consistent for this team, aside from a couple starts against the Angels, of course. Yusei Kikuchi obviously had a great first half. Made the all-star team. Logan Gilbert, um, you know, had some ups and downs, but started to figure things out towards the end there and uh, came up in some pretty big ways. And then, of course, Chris Flexen, who the team signed out of the KBO last year, had a brilliant season. Colby, who do you want to talk about here? Who's your pitcher of the year? Yeah, um, it's it's probably got to be Chris Flexen. Um Mm-hmm. The the just overall consistency, 
uh, you know, he didn't miss a start. He gave you a ton of innings. He was top 10 in innings pitched this year. Um, mm-hmm. Just overall rock solid. Not too many big hiccups. Obviously, he had the horrendous start against the Padres early in the year. But really, other than that, it's, it's tough to remember a, a start where he was legitimately awful. Uh, even when he didn't have his best stuff, he he managed to work his way through the lineup a couple times every time out. Um, it was just consistently solid, nothing spectacular. Uh, he finished the year as a three-win pitcher, which is is pretty good. Um, you know, the three eight nine FIP, three six one ERA. Uh, he uh, he was probably just the most consistent from top to bottom. You, you could make an argument for Logan Gilbert. Um, mm-hmm. I just I feel like you know. You got 60 more innings out of Flexen uh, and Flexen. If we were doing most exciting pitcher, I would go Gilbert. But yeah, I mean, and Gilbert had a better had a better FIP and XFIP than than Chris Flexen, um, despite having an ERA a a full run higher. And and, you know, for for Gilbert to make seven fewer starts than Flexen and still end up, you know, at at 2.2 F WAR to Chris Flexen's Mm. 3.0. It's pretty impressive, but again, just from start from the start of the year to the end, Chris Flexen was your best pitcher. Uh, probably tells you all you need to know about you know where the Mariners' rotation sits. That Flexen was the best guy, but hey, you know it is what it is, and uh, and he he showed up and he uh, produced right away, and uh, he was you know just from start to finish, he was the best pitcher in the Mariners' rotation. Uh, it honestly couldn't have gone really any better in terms of uh, Flexum's production, you know, getting him out of the KBO um, had struggled in his limited action uh, in uh, Major League Baseball and, and, you know, in the Mets organization, um, but comes over and, you know, obviously figured some things out in uh, in Korea. And, uh, you know, the big knock on him this year was that he was, uh, you know, better at home than he was away. Well, Towards the end of the season, he kind of washed that away a little bit. He was, uh, he finished uh, pretty well on the road, um, all things considered, relative to his um, ability. Of course, four five two FIP on the road compared to a three three five FIP at home. Uh, he had a six five nine K per nine on the road. Uh, just walked two point uh, three guys per nine. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he was he was pretty solid uh, overall for for flexing this year. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the innings, 179.2 innings pitched, uh, 6.26 Ks per nine. Obviously, not going to strike out a ton of guys. Uh, two walks per nine. Interestingly enough, you know, later on, the later that we got into the season, we started seeing the velocity tick up a bit. We saw him hitting 95 fairly consistently at times, um, and that was pretty fun. Um, Three six one ERA uh, overall, and then the. Uh, the three eight nine FIP uh, as well, and you mentioned the uh, three F four that he accumulated on the year. He uh, and and that was in thirty one starts as well. And this this is a team that had a lot of injuries in the rotation. You know, there was a time where they were having to run bullpen days. They were having to do all that, and uh, Flexen was that one constant throughout the year. And I just I for that reason alone, I just can't imagine giving this award to anyone else. Um, and like I said, you know, Gilbert, if, if we were doing most exciting pitcher, uh, the answer would absolutely be Gilbert and um, or, you know, even most talented pitcher. Right. Because, look, he's, he's the guy that has all the strikeouts. You know, he can do all the things that you see from a lot of the top pitchers in this league. 
Um, but there were some, you know, legitimate concerns there as well. Flexum or uh, Gilbert rather was unable to, you know, really have a secondary or tertiary option in his repertoire, one that was consistent. It was a lot of the fastball, especially towards the end of the season. And of course, he made that work for him later on in the season. But, um, you know, hopefully you can see more growth. That's just uh, for me with Gilbert, I feel like he was a little bit lucky uh, because he just really had one pitch <laughs> to throw. And obviously it's a very good pitch that if he can locate it, uh, especially at the top of the zone. But um, yeah, Flexen was just uh, more diverse in his uh, in his uh, repertoire and um, and more consistent in general over the course of the year, and uh, really you know kept this thing afloat for them and and was able to give them at least a chance to win every fifth day, and uh, that's something that you couldn't really rely upon with a lot of these guys for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Flex Chris Flexen, Flex, yeah, Flexen went five or more innings in. Uh, all but three starts this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, he went four innings against the Angels on April 30th, gave up three earned runs. Uh, the disaster in San Diego, he went one and two-third, gave up eight earned runs. And then after that on May 21st, you have to go all the way down to July 27th where he gave up seven earned runs and in four innings. Um, and then that was it, five innings or more in every single start. Uh, just consistent, uh, really, uh, again, two horrific starts thrown in there. But other than that, he was just consistently good. A lot of five innings, you know, one earned, a lot of six mm-hmm. innings, three earned type of starts. And uh, and it all, at the end of the year, comes out to a, a pretty good and successful season for uh, for Chris Flexen. Yep. It was uh, really fun to watch for him. And uh, this team was really fun to watch. And now... We are pretty much officially saying goodbye to this team uh, after completing these reward uh, these awards. We're of course going to reflect back on them uh, here and there throughout the off season, but we're going to be shifting our attention towards the off season starting next week. So that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Fatnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day. Every day we'll be back next week as we fully make our transition into off-season mode. But now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free and available on all platforms. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend, and we'll see you next week. Peace.